Welcome back to Tuned In Dialed Up, a podcast about podcasting. I'm joined once for in a while. Yes. Since June. Oh, God. Since June, first time in a while, we're joined by the inimitable Will Williams. Hi, I've missed this. It has been very much missed. It's been a time. It's been a time. And our topic of discussion is is uniquely relevant. (laughs) But first, Will, how are you doing? Uh, well... (laughs) Complicated question. It's a complicated question. I'm actually doing very well. That's good. I am very tired. Yeah. So for listeners, one of the reasons I have not been around is because... Two things kicked into high gear for me as of late. The first being uh, working on things with Hug House Productions. We cast our audio drama coming out in winter. Yes, (laughs) which is an experience. Um, And then podcast movement, which um, our friend Ellie and I have been putting together the fiction track and that is going to be next week. So I am busy <laughs> and I yeah. am tired and I am stressed, but it's all really good things. Gavin, how are you doing? Doing good. As of this uploading, podcast movement starts tomorrow. Uh, as you're listening to this, there have been several corporate sponsored meet and greets that I probably haven't gone to uh, <laughs> because I work uh, overnights on weekends. So Monday morning, I clock out from driving overnight at 8 a.m., take a very small nap, and then fly out at 1 p.m. local time. Oh, God. So I will sleep the sleep of the dead Monday night. Tuesday, this will have auto-uploaded. Good. And then then I'll have fucked up the tweet somehow, so that... (laughs) that, Yeah, that's fine. (laughs) But Tuesday will be me in a hotel room chilling. Good. It'll be awesome. It's been a minute since we've done this. Will, what's something awesome that's happened in the last couple of weeks for you? I am going to talk about the Discover Pods Best of 2019 so far list. Woo! So I did contribute to it, um, but I think it's just... So there there are a lot of best of the year so far in podcast lists. But what makes the Discover Pods list so unique is that it's from a bunch of of different voices in podcasting. So Paul Bay had entries, Eric Silver had entries, um, Helen Zaltzman had entries, Julie Shapiro had entries, which I think is phenomenal. I love that there is a, like a diverse pool of opinions. It's not just one person. You really get an array of tastes. And I personally discovered like several podcasts I had never heard of before. Um, one of them is called Spicy Eyes. I already don't remember what it's about, but it's called Spicy Eyes, so I subscribed to it. <laughs> Gavin, what's something exciting for you in the last couple of weeks? Oh, I don't know. Uh, I listened to a really good podcast that I finally wrote a review about, which is the first time I've written a review in a long time that wasn't about Luminary. So, uh, yeah, uh, listening to the entirety of a podcast and then writing a review in that same day was pretty, pretty awesome. Yeah. Well, what podcast is that? Or do you want to save that for your recommendations? Uh, fuck it. I'll make it harder on myself. I listened to Fan Wars for the first time and Fan Wars is very good. It's so good. It's so good. Uh, well, I guess we should start talking about that. Will, 
Today, let's talk about pod fading. Let's talk about pod fading. It's a fun word that, from the article I looked at, originated in like 2005, which is just weird because like that's that's our media. <laughs> <laughs> the word the word podcast was still cooling, and someone came up with the term pod fading. Really, uh, yeah. So, what's your interpretation of the word pod fade as a as a journalist? So, pod fading, as I understand it is the phenomenon where somebody starts a podcast and usually within the first seven episodes stops making the podcast. Um, either they'll go really intermittent, have a very sporadic upload schedule, or just stop entirely. Is that... Am I interpreting that right? Uh, you, you're actually, you have a slightly stricter version than what I've found on uh, everything except the seven episodes. <laughs> Oh, uh, I've seen it applied basically to anything that might have had a distinct end to it, but was just kind of dropped along the way. Huh. So like, uh, well, I mean, not uh, no offense to the man. Uh, I love his work, but looking at a lot of what Travis McElroy has worked on, because he'll you ask and he'll be he'll start a podcast for it. Um, right. <laughs> specifically, I'm thinking about Run. Let's see what Run is up to. Run, a Doctor Who fan cast. Oh, last upload. The, the the rough thing here is, uh, it's all on the McElroy dot family, and they auto generated posts for every single one. So technically, the latest upload is January twenty seventh, twenty nineteen. But that's a lie. Yeah. Hang on, I think I hear a phone ringing. Let me let the machine pick that up. Hello. You've reached Gavin's voicemail, which is totally not him using a voice changer. Leave a message after the beep. Hey, Gavin, it's Gavin. Just calling to let you know I looked it up on actual sources that aren't the website, and it turns out Run, a Doctor Who fan cast, came out on March 1st, 2019, was their last upload. Uh, also, Positivity came out on July 27th, so even though you were going to use that one in this episode, it's a little too close to be called Pod Faded, so uh, I might want to cut that bit out. Okay, love you, bye. Yeah, I think he also had the kind rewind. Yeah, I guess the biggest example of pod fading, and this one is not the creator's fault at all, uh, is the mystery show. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's Oof, one. That's rough. one show that was just chugging along and then just stopped. Yep. That one yep. was due to questionable decisions on behalf of the people who owned the show. Mm -hmm. uh, let's see here. But there are podcasts that are like really well made and it's just real life happens sometimes. I don't even know why. I, I think I recommended this on episode two of Tuned In Dialed Up. Uh, Illusion, which is a really well written single narrator show about it was, kind of, it was kind of like criminal in that it's mostly about magic, but it's also about thieves and sleight of hand stuff. Ooh, interesting. It lasted uh, it lasted 10 full episodes, and then they re-hosted an episode of Pretend Radio about a year ago. They were the first place I heard about Pretend Radio from, actually. Then, nothing. Uh, I There might be a Twitter explanation or something that I never got to see, but... That's just the, that's, them's the breaks sometimes. The biggest reason I have seen looking up stuff about this is just like, 
burnout. It, and I guess technically right. this episode, we're going to be talking about burnout a lot more than anything else. Yeah. But uh, that, that kind of is a giant contributor to it. I would say part of it too. And I guess this is sort of burnout, but I think a lot of people get into podcasting because they think it's going to be very easy. And then they realize it is not easy or, you know, that they're not going to get famous overnight because of their podcast or it's not going to bring in a whole ton of money. You know, I see a lot of, God, there was that. There was that New York Times article that I've been quietly Googling while you were talking. Yes. Oh, my God. I forgot about that until this instant. (laughs) So there was a New York Times article in which someone was interviewed about their podcast. And (laughs) it's so bad. It's really bad. We are podcast journalists. We have encountered hundreds of shows. We are overqualified for this. But before I had listened to Jack shit, the title, The Advice Podcast, is the stupidest. That's terrible. Oh. Why would you do that to your SEO? Like <laughs> The Advice Podcast. And then they, they expected to get ad deals. <laughs> Right, within like, what, six episodes? This is like when my parents, love them to death, my parents in like three years after this was a viable plan decided to start producing YouTube videos and they bought lights and a camera and an audio recorder and like they painted three walls of a room, each wall being a different one for my mom, my dad, and my little sister so they could each have a channel running to maximize profits. And then... Nothing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, podcasting, if you're doing it right, or I guess... If you stick at it. Yeah. It's it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. And I'm... That's not to say that hobby podcasts that require less work are less valid. Nope. In fact, some of them are fantastic. Absolutely. Absolutely. But, like, the people who are likely to be pissed off... That podcasting takes a lot of work are not the people who typically are doing a hobby podcast, you know? Yeah, I, there are a lot of, I, we. it has been hashed many times on Twitter why this New York Times opinion piece, it, its framework is not advisable, really, as a... Yeah. I, it, hey, uh, this is the point where I, a mediocre white man, uses his credentials. I won two state-level opinion piece awards. I'm not saying I'm an expert, but when your framing piece pisses off the people you're actively writing the article for, maybe don't use that framing piece? Yeah, it it was something. (laughs) I mean, if you want to go with the podcast or the new blog where too many people are trying to just do it now Mm -hmm. and they're not going to make that kind of I guess I miss blogs (laughs) I think probably the meteor discussion here is the actual burnout yeah that you know consistent creators who do understand the level of work still experience and I think within the last like two years this has been a conversation that's come up again and again it's Mm -hmm. come up with a lot of youtubers um Even NPR did coverage of YouTuber burnout and how it's affecting the lives of teens specifically. That's, I mean, even the, even like big people, like, yeah, I know we've talked about fake friends before Shannon Strucci's fantastic series on uh, parasocial relationships. Mm -hmm. 
part uh I, part of the reason I go back and watch Jacksepticeye's like videos of himself, not his gaming stuff, is because of those. And he just talks a lot about how his life has deteriorated and how people give him shit for doing things that aren't even like he has 20 million subscribers who care more about his statistics than he does. So whenever he uploads a video and it doesn't get enough traffic, people are just like, oh, is Jacksepticeye dead now? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Has his channel died? He's one of the most successful people. And even, th- even then people are like, oh, I guess he's dead and burned out now. I guess it's over. Right. I mean, try look, try being someone who has 300 subscribers. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, it, it can be... It can be difficult to weigh the costs and benefits of doing something. And especially, like, I think cases like his are really interesting because I feel like even if you start one of these things with the idea of, like, wanting to be really successful, mm-hmm. it's very different from the reality of it. Um, huh. I wonder if this is, like, too personal or too off-topic to bring out, um, bring up. But, so for instance, I run a Discord server, which we've talked about. Mm -hmm. It has like 300 something people in it. And I started up the Discord server because one of my Patreon supporters asked me to. um, Because he wanted to talk to other people about the recommendations I was giving him for podcasts. It's just, it's come so far. Yes. Um... (laughs) And like I'm I'm thrilled that it is what it is and that there's so many people and that it's sparked a ton of conversation. At the same time, you know, while I did think like, oh, maybe the server will be really active, that would be exciting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At the same time, it's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot to be the first thing that someone checks in the morning. Like I check that yeah. server when I check Twitter, I check I check that and my email. Like that's Right. There are no other discords where I'm like, oh, hey. Yeah, and because of that, like, I've become kind of a community leader, which is, again, on one hand, incredible. On the other... Stewardship is a responsibility, and responsibilities are draining. Right, right. Luckily, I have four moderators who are amazing, and I love them. But it is... being Being a community figure... In any way, even if you, even if you think you understand the emotional weight that will carry, mm-hmm. you don't until it's the reality. And I think that, you know, we can talk about burnout with Pod Fade and with these people who have small podcasts and they're not, you know, they're not really getting the listenership to justify the work that they're doing. But I do also think there is something big to be said about podcasters who are incredibly successful and exhausted, not just because of the work it takes, but because a lot of emotional work goes into that as well. Exactly. Yeah. And I can totally speak to the, I can speak to the former and you can speak to the latter because like, Jesus, it's, I was, I was making a, I made a fiver, which will not last long. Like if you're, if you want, if you want, if you want podcast editing at the cheapest prices I will ever offer it, it's on fucking fiver right now. Mm-hmm. Cause I, me, me try to figure out freelancing at some point, but 
while I was doing that, I went back to uh, add together all my download stats to make the big impressive number of, I've gotten this many downloads since I started. Mm-hmm. And I opened up Red Light Library, which is a show I've had on hiatus for a few months, purely because Red Light Library is a show I'm passionate about. We talk about we talk about erotica that's for sale on Amazon and uh, hold no punches about writers who use manipulative tactics to sell Mm -hmm. things to people who don't actually know what they're buying. But we also get to spotlight people who are making these beautiful stories that no one's going to read just because they got a wacky tight, like they have to, they have to have wacky titles and shit. Mm -hmm. I have fucking eight co-hosts across the world who are fantastic people, but it was a weekly show and I was trying to make tuned in dialed up and I wanted to end up making standard docking procedure which is incredibly validating in completely different ways mm-hmm. and I didn't want anything to suffer because of it but when I went to open up the red light library for the first time in months its download stats said I got 145 fucking downloads last week and that's not like a spike it's just because there are so many episodes with salacious things in the title and SEO mm-hmm. people find them but it also has 300 subscribers and if, mm. I know I know there are people out there who have podcasts who are like 300 subscribers. Holy shit, that's amazing! It is, but when you put two years into something, and that right. number hasn't moved an inch, because like it's it's not like we slowly worked our way up to 300. Back when I had Libsyn, uh, there was a Reddit thread about Fifty Shades, and I made a joke about the Fifty Shades movie, and then mentioned that I had reviewed more creative pirate erotica a couple hundred people subscribed to the show when they heard about it through there. And since then, it's just been kind of slowly, like, it's not, it's a few up, a few down. Mm. You can work on something for a really long time, and then you look up and nothing's really changed. Like, I don't expect to get famous and rich off of podcasting, but it's also kind of hard to feel like, even when hundreds of people are downloading something, that they're actually listening. It's easy to tell yourself, they're all bots. Mm. No one's listening to this. It's just, it's just, it's just machines out there doing stuff to do stuff. No one, no one's commenting. Our, our discord's a fun little clubhouse and I kind of like that. I'm actually terrified of the idea of what if the Red Light Library took off. Hello, you've reached Gavin's voicemail, which is totally not him using a voice changer. Leave a message after the beep. Hey me, it's me again. I just wanted to quickly add in, I forgot to say this while I was talking about it, but one of the things I wanted to touch on while talking about the Red Light Library is I built it up in my head that because it was an 18 plus podcast that reviews erotica, it is much harder to advertise because people aren't as open talking about, hey, I like to listen to this thing that is just people reading porn aloud when... You know, one of the more popular podcasts of all time is My Dad Wrote a Porno. And even then, when you say, oh, well, that's sold on it being wacky, the whole thrust of the Red Light Library, the whole uh, angle of the Red Light Library in the first place was we're reviewing wacky, wild, titled erotica. So uh, that was totally a thing that was in my head. Uh, There are realities about adult content that needs to be discussed and maybe someday will be discussed here on tuned in dialed up if we can figure the right people in the right time to do it but all of that is to say a big chunk of all of that was just something in my head that i made up and it burned me out from the inside so 
when I mentioned standard docking procedure here in a second, that's kind of what I'm thinking about, but I forgot to phrase it properly. Okay, also don't forget to pick up distilled water for the CPAP humidifier, because you're going to run out. Uh, make sure to get that on your way home. Love you, bye. And then there's standard docking procedure, where I'm putting like 80 hours into an episode. Mm-hmm. And it's it's numbers are way better, and uh, it's the it is officially the most successful thing numbers wise I've ever made. Mm-hmm. But I'm also terrified of the day where I open up, you know, I open up a script and I'm like, ah, what do I write? <laughs> right, right. You like there's something about burnout that like the idea of it happening is as terrifying as it actually happening. Yeah, it's like. <laughs> it it can be its own self-fulfilling prophecy where you're so terrified of the burnout that you're just procrastinating from doing the creative work because you're terrified that it will happen. Yeah. You know, that's definitely happened to me before. I think. So. <laughs> and Gavin, please reel me in if I <laughs> go off on a tangent here. Oh. On a tangent on this show? No. I know, I know. (laughs) But I I hate how we talk about art and artists in a lot of different ways. Mm -hmm. Um, Like sociologically, not like you and I. Um, (laughs) I think we're great at it. We got problems and these are going on Patreon. (laughs) So... There's this idea, there's like a concept that as an artist, you should only ever create for yourself, you know? Yeah. And I agree with that in content. I think that the actual body of your work should be something that you make for you. Absolutely. But at the same time, I think it is ridiculous to have this myth of an artist who makes only for themselves and then puts their work out into the world and when nobody pays attention to it they're still just fine because they made it for themselves i don't think that's real i don't think that's real and i don't think that it should be if if that were the case People would not release their art publicly. They would just keep it to themselves. If that were the case, there would be stage shows where they just perform to nothing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right now, a bunch of actors listening just roll their eyes and went, me. (laughs) I've done that before, (laughs) asshole. Right? (laughs) But, like, isn't, isn't the point of art to connect? To make something that can be appreciated. Right, like, so so we have written six episodes of my upcoming audio drama um, with Hug House. Um, we being me and Katie Yeomans. Um, oh, look at, look at fucking prepared people over here with scripts before they go into production. <laughs> oh, dude, the only reason those exist is because I'm largely adapting from a novel I wrote a thousand years ago. Well, I, so, that helps. Yeah. (laughs) I'm adapting from, hey, this is a sitcom trope. Let's put it in fucking space. Right. Like, which requires a lot more work (laughs) because you are just making the thing now. No, but Um, whereas I think you were making requires a lot of effort. You're just making the smart move of doing it ahead of time. Yeah. (laughs) But, like, so, so 
I'm writing it. It's like, it's a fairly personal show and I'm writing it for myself in that I'm writing a thing that I would enjoy, but also like I want, you know, I want other people to see themselves in it too. That's important. That's part of why we make art. Like, and for Red Light Library, I think that that's, you know, probably the exact same thing, just in a different way. You want people to share this interest of yours. You want people to think about these conversations, think about what you're picking apart in these pieces of erotica. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really important. And I, I hate that we have this idea that you should just make things for yourself um, and that you should ignore numbers. Because I think that for a lot of artists, I think there can be a lot of guilt in looking at your numbers and thinking that's not as high as I would want it to be because you feel like you're supposed to be better than that in some ways. I have this problem with my site. You know, I monitor traffic for my site and sometimes I write an article I'm really proud of and it doesn't do well. And I'm like, well, what the fuck? That's how it always goes in it. And it's, right, some, and it's right. some bullshit that takes off. Right. Like, and then I feel guilty because I feel like I should be above looking at the numbers. But I honestly don't think that external validation is something we should be ashamed of. Nope. And I think that, I think there would be less pod fade if we didn't let these myths continue. I think if we were honest about wanting external validation, then I think we would be able to support each other better, you know? And I think there's also, and this is not me, this is such a generic thing, like so much of a generic thing. There's jokes about having a counter for it at podcast uh, uh, talks and stuff. Uh, I think the term the Wild West of podcasting or <laughs> what it's a gold rush right now that is so harmful to yeah. new creators because it creates it this is. idea that there's this glut of listeners who are sitting there typing the name for the thing that you're going to make into their phone and no results are coming up. So if you make that thing, you're going to get a ding and then you have 3000 subscribers. It's not how it works. Mm -mm. It, it requires, I mean, m like with YouTube, back when YouTube didn't refer you to fucking alt-right things every other video, it mm -hmm. you collab with people, you, uh, you do things that are going to get traffic, and you just work on it. Or you, all, you accept the fact that I'm going to make this creative thing and it's not going to do hot, but three more projects down the line, there will be this whole thing I've made that people can come back and find. <laughs> Mm -hmm. uh, there's nothing wrong with creating with that idea. Standard docking procedure isn't perfect by any means of the imagination, but I'm proud of what we've done. And I know whether I continue working at this or if I go on to do something else, there will just be this little package of comedy that we made that will just be there because it's $5 a month to keep it there. And I can, I can continue doing that for the foreseeable future. Right. Uh, if I had started making the show thinking, well, I'm going to sell ads by episode two, uh, there would not be <laughs> the content we have. Right. Do you think that that goes into kind of what I was saying earlier about hobbyists? Because yeah. I, that's another thing that's been brought up to me. Um, because I, I mean, I write articles based on the belief that people 
want to put work into their podcast and put time and effort and make it really polished and really clean. Um, but I think like, I think that one of the problems is that because all of the conversations are talking about how to have the best podcast and how to monetize and how to, you know, build a business and become a full-time podcaster. I listen to Reply All in the Daily. I need to make a podcast just like that. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, I think that a lot of hobbyists are being pushed out. And I'm sure that part of that is my fault, you know, for like writing all these articles and offering advice when I don't need to and things like that. And I think that's really unfortunate because I think that people should be allowed to just like run amok and, and do what they want and learn on the go or not learn and just make something because they want to make something. Yeah. And I feel like because we keep insisting that you have to make this beautiful, spotless, pristine thing, hobbyists are more and more scared. And I think that a lot of... I mean, like, let's look at the McElroys. Lord knows when they started, they weren't trying to build a business off of podcasts. They were just making a fun thing with their dumb brothers. Like, and now they've made something incredible. They've made several incredible things. I, I want to know if they had, there's ads on episode one, and I want to know if they had those when it went up, or if that's like a retroactive edit thing. Huh, interesting, yeah. Listeners, if any of you listened to... <laughs> Back uh, in the day. Yeah, if you listen to it way back in the day, let us know, because I'm very curious about that. But even then, like, when they started, was that before or after Polygon? Good question. I think it was before. I think that treating hobbyists like they're not doing enough is another big reason we get this pod fade, for sure. And... You know, I would assume that being told constantly you're not working hard enough for something that you don't even intend to be your long-term business, like, yeah, I'd be burnout too. I think there's also something to be said for the fact we um we we praise shows that have a lot of moving parts because mm. they are very good, but there are also shows that have that have self-imposed restrictions because of what they have and what they don't have that mm -hmm. are also equally good mm-hmm sarah's definitely sarah zading's podcast trans questioning which i'm going to recommend later kiss my ass uh <laughs> sarah has a really good mic but i like the audios eh, in the podcast version it's way better in the videos uh every other episode she talks to somebody every other episode it's just her and that's mm -hmm. just how it do. That is right. not a new format, but it is a brutally honest and real show. And it's good for it. Fucking love and luck. Two mm -hmm. people. Usually. Usually. That's it. That's it. Until later seasons. Keep, but keep, yes. Keep listening to the show. Things get a little bit more interesting. The show's very good. You do, they're investigative podcasts, not investigative. I guess journalistic in scope that have no sources or no like recorded interview sources right and there are ones like ologies or decoder ring where it's like all of it is the editing yeah both are equally fine yeah like as much as <laughs> as much as i love podcasts that are 
shiny and clean and have a ton of shit going on. Hey, listeners, by the way, I got diagnosed with ADD. <laughs> so. <laughs> you said that with the same inflection as <laughs> as the ads for standard def DVD back in the day. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> but yeah, like I I love really meticulous well put together, highly edited, glossy podcasts. But <laughs> like again, I also love my bim bam and that thing is edited like garbage. Oh like, god, I love them so dearly, but it's like listen, I'm I'm throwing rocks in a glass house, fucking tuned in dialed up, doesn't always have the most published editing, but also like it's just me. Uh, and mm-hmm. it, this is not my full-time job, of which mm-hmm. this, that is the McElroy's full-time job. Right. Yeah. Uh, actually, I need to listen to the audio of Griffin talking about editing with Audition, because apparently his tips were... Audition. Audacity. Apparently his tips were, like, really good, which confuses <laughs> me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love the man, but sometimes there's these little silence gaps and weird stutters there's also been the sound of a can of soda being opened in the last like four adventure zones i fucking love those though oh i hate them i know this is the one this is one of the three things we distinctly disagree on but if (laughs) if you can get a real good can open with like that commercial to it oh (laughs) <laughs> I like the sound. I think it, I think it's just that it's it's a it's a solid piece of audio. I think that's what's oh, yeah. giving me every time. No, the sound feels good on my brain, but I don't want it in a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I like it, just not here. Right, right. But but then at the same time, like were the McElroys still just like three chumps <laughs> doing bullshit? Like I wouldn't care about about the soda opening as much. I might even find it kind of endearing because there's a difference. You know what? I'll you know, give him like, this. He cut out all the eating sounds of goulash in that one Bim Bam episode. <laughs> are there are there other things that you think contribute to uh, pod fade that we haven't talked about? Let's see. We hit burnout. We hit the the idea that it's a untapped oil field. Mm-hmm. I guess it's there's also the fact that like you 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 don't have to have an end for your show. Yeah. Like I have mentioned podcasts that are pod faded because Gimlet fired Starly Kind for being a woman, I guess, and Illusion just kind of stopped. Ring ring, uh, beep ba boob, answering machine message, all that crap. Yeah, I'm not doing the bit again. Hi, uh, me in the future editing this. Just wanted to say. The creator of Illusion started a podcast called Christmas Past about the history and nostalgia behind Christmas, and I haven't listened to that yet. I forgot they were made by the same person. That was my phone going off. This is wholly unprofessional, but yes, I that that I think that's what happened is they just moved over to making Christmas Past instead of Illusion. So, beep. It's fine to stop your show. Like, yeah. You don't owe any of us anything. Exactly. You can just stop. It can just be done. Now, it's fine. I would advise having a little short upload <laughs> being right. like, "Hey, you know, 
and this is me being a complete hypocrite because when I looked at the red light library earlier today, I realized I never did upload the piece of audio that was me saying, hey, everybody, uh, making this show is wonderful, but uh, we're going to take a, a few months off. And uh, the plan is to just kind of quietly record episodes whenever we feel like it. And when we come back, there'll just be a block of episodes for a bit. That hasn't happened. Uh, it's just a file that's been sitting on my PC for a long time. Uh, not that anyone has said anything about it, but <laughs> uh, they, they, they'll find out pretty soon. Um, yeah, you don't owe anyone anything unless you have advertisers, at which point you might want to finish out your contracts. Or, yeah, or like, you legally owe people things. Yeah, <laughs> that, when you got contracts, things are a little, uh, a little more tight. Yeah. Yeah, I think another thing, too, is, like, it can be expensive, especially if you're making, like, you know, a fiction show where you're expecting to pay somebody to do production or sound design or you're going to pay actors. Sometimes you just find that it's not, it's not economically responsible. Oh, yeah. And that's all so fine. I mean... Like, Take care of yourself. Don't go into debt for something like this. That also happens to nonfiction shows, I think. This is me theorizing. But there's that show. I think I've mentioned it. Craigslist Curio. Uh, oh, which yeah. Is, it's two friends who look up stuff on Craigslist. And I think they live in Detroit. They live in a big city. They look up weird stuff on Craigslist and try to get to the bottom of it. Uh, episode one of it was the most frustrating fucking thing I've ever listened to in my <laughs> life. But that's because my mom is an extreme couponer and mm. they found a guy who is like selling a bunch of home goods on Craigslist for cut rate prices. And they were convinced he had like robbed a train or something. <laughs> they, they could not figure out how he had hundreds of bottles of shampoo. And the whole time I'm sitting there like extreme couponer. Yeah. And at the end of the yeah. episode, they're like, and then we found out extreme couponing's a thing. <laughs> oh my gosh. It was really well done. It's just, I was one of the five people in the audience like, no, that's not it. Right. Right. But they made six episodes. They started a year ago and then their last episode was three months ago. They have no, like, set upload schedule. It's kind of like Criminal, where there's, like, not really a set upload schedule. They just get them out when they can because the things take a lot of time and effort to make. These these people were, like, traveling around and interviewing people in their immediate area. <laughs> and that takes time right. and effort. Also, you yeah. can't control when there's wackadoo things on Craigslist. Right. And I think right. the I think perhaps the positive note to end this conversation on is it's also fine to come back. Yes. There's I I know this because I've thought it's occurred in my head so I sure I assume it's happened to somebody else. If you have a podcast that's been gone for a while, my initial response is burn it all and start something start it over or start something new, but like when we have time and I have the, when I have time to edit and other hosts have found things they want to read and we're all cool with it. Uh, the red light library can just come back like nothing happened and there will still be however many followers on Twitter who they'll just be like, who the hell is this person who's not said anything <laughs> in forever. But like, it's fine to just resume. You don't have, no, you don't owe anybody your apologies. You don't, if you want to say like, Hey, we're back. Sorry for the gap. That's, that's cool. But you don't have to. Honestly, even then, like, dude, everybody listens to so many fucking podcasts. Like 
Also, you're doing it for free. Right, and like, no one's gonna notice. Like, I don't know anybody who just listens to one podcast. The moral is, you don't owe anybody an apology, because chances are, people aren't even gonna notice. Like, you could have a big hiatus and then come back. Like, I can tell you right now that Nancy... Uh, from WNYC Studios is one of my favorite podcasts and I was recently talking to a friend who is like a casual podcast listener is not like a podcast person like I am and she loves Nancy too and (laughs) she was like yeah but they have the weirdest upload schedule and I don't really (laughs) know what it is but I always get excited when it's there and I was like yeah sometimes they'll have an episode and be like and that's the end of the season and I'm like you have a, a season structure? Okay. <laughs> but, like, we're always stoked when it shows up. That's how most people are. Like, they might be confused, but they won't be, like, pissed off. And if they are, like, get a life, dude. You know? <laughs> like, also, on that note, if you do set up a season structure, it gets people so hyped. Yeah. If you can, if you can stick to it, it gets, like... I'm seriously considering next year we're going to have, like, a month where Tuned In Dialed Up is supposed to not go up so that <laughs> we can relax a bit. But also, um, We Hate Movies, their season goes from October to beginning of August. And there's one episode in August, and then they have nothing in September. They upload halfway through August, and then all of September is, is just they have things auto-upload from the old, the, like, bef- the stuff that's not even on their feed anymore. Yeah. Uh, and live shows. They take a month off, and when they come back, they come back doing the Spooktacular, which has, like, its own theme song, and they only talk about horror movies, and people, like, actively get excited for October, which is yeah. both when they come back from break and when they're specifically doing horror movies, which is just this masterstroke, I think. Uh, but, yeah. Yeah, you, love you, that. you can make a, a big deal about it, you know? <laughs> There are so many ways to, I guess the, the, really the pod fading episode has turned into us saying you don't owe anyone shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's not like shocking to me given who we are. <laughs> if you make a thing you want to make and you make it well, you just made a good thing. It doesn't matter that you haven't uploaded anything in a few months. That actually, we're, we've been watching this guy, his name's Grand Pooh Bear. He's a, a speedrunner who plays uh, Super Mario Maker 2 a lot. He played Mario Maker 1 a lot, but... Um, someone asked him about a famous speedrunner who hasn't done anything in like a year because of his real world job. And they were like, is mm-hmm. he even a speedrunner anymore? And GPB was like, yeah, like, he's really good. I don't think you have to. He doesn't have anything to prove. He's I think if you right. if you are a really good speedrunner, you don't have to put anything up in the last five years or whatever to be still considered one. You mm-hmm. can be a really good podcaster and then just take some time off and maybe get a, a job that requires you to focus more on that instead of the podcast. And you're still a good podcaster. Hostile Worlds is still a really good audio drama science hybrid. It hasn't uploaded in eight months. Big whoop. Mm-hmm. I mean, that one's not a pod fade. That's intentional. It's a between season yeah. thing. But still, like, no one's no one's going on Twitter being like, how dare you? <laughs> right. And, like... Now, my favorite murder fans might do that, but that's a completely different thing. Yeah. Yeah, like... I mean, I think about, like, 
like musicians. Like Mazzy Star came out with an album back in the 90s and it was amazing and everybody loved it. And then they just kind of like disappeared. And then they came back a few years ago and everybody was like, oh, fuck yeah. The gorillas were gone for nine years. Right, right. Like, like just because Neutral Milk Hotel isn't making music anymore <laughs> doesn't mean people aren't like, oh, fuck yeah, Neutral Milk Hotel. I don't get the hype. But like, you're but telling people still me, love them, you're you know? telling me Hall in 1942, whatever the fuck that one song is called that gets posted all the time isn't the best thing ever made. My dude, I don't even know what anything... All I know is that Sweet Boy Julian something from The Thing also makes Orbiting Human Circus of the Air, and that is a great podcast, (laughs) and he's very good at playing the saw. That's what I know, you know? But, like, what I'm saying is you don't have to be actively making a podcast to be a podcaster Mm -hmm. and to be a good podcaster. Yep. Like... Take care of yourself. Jenna Marbles is one of the OG famous people on YouTube. She's been Mm -hmm. around since fucking the beginning, almost, I think. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jenna Marbles uploads once a week, does not do sponsorships, does not have a merch line, is basically doing everything in her fucking power to piss off the algorithm, and Jenna Marbles (laughs) is living a happy, chill life. (laughs) Right. Nothing wrong with that. And even like, dude, I know people who have YouTube channels who have never gotten huge success, who have never gotten more than like a thousand views, who are still happy. Yeah. There's stuff on my gaming channel I'm still legit proud of. Yeah. I still think about playing through Firewatch for the first time and being really thrilled that I was recording because I got to save those experiences. Right. And again, like, don't feel bad if you want to quit because you're not seeing the numbers that you want to. You're allowed to do that. But at the same time, you know, if if you're not making the huge numbers, but you're still happy, that's super valid too. And you should be proud of that and consider yourself you know, just just as worthy a part of the industry as anybody else. I think that's a good one to end it on. All right. I think it's time for recommendations. Oh, boy. Coolio. <laughs> How about you go first this week, Will? Uh, I can do that. Give me a second to not do anything nefarious. <laughs> she's not, she's not oh. opening Discord. And coming up with a pun as we sit here. I would never. A pun? I don't know what those are. (laughs) Did you just message me? No. Oh, it was someone it was someone else on Discord. I I genuinely thought you were (laughs) you were like, I don't have a pun or something. I mean like, I would pull that shit though. Let's be real. Okay, so my first recommendation, and I think you've, I think you've listened to this one before. <laughs> it's by the great Mac Rogers, who we love. 
Um, so it's this amazing podcast about a woman who sculpts these incredible lifelike metal statues of celebrities who have passed away. So kind of like, uh, you know, like a metal, uh, what do you call, what's that, what's that wax museum? Madame, Madame Tussaud. Tussaud? Yeah, yeah, yeah. By the way, there's a Madame Tussauds like right by our hotel. Yeah, for... yeah, there is. I saw that. Yeah, um, what the fuck? <laughs> I can't wait for all the cursed images to come back. Yep. So apparently uh, this woman who makes these statues, she puts them in the forest and they're taken over by lichen and moss. And it's a beautiful haunting site if you stumble upon them. It's called Steal the Stars. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you did the opposite of what I was doing. Because oh. I would steal the bars, steal the cars. Like I was just sitting here. <laughs> I was trying to figure out what to swap stars out with. And when you and when you said you said it was metal work, I thought it was going to turn into like a rebar theft operation. It was going to be steal the bars, and I was like waiting for it. No, steal the bars is uh, my pub crawling jazz cover band. Or that that's good. That's that's better. Yeah. <laughs> this <laughs> this very good steal the stars fan uh, pun comes from V or Iris. Um, who does Fuzzy Logic, which is a very good podcast. Oh, that's really good. Yeah. Gavin, what's your first will totally you real? Owe, will you owe me a recommendation after that show? Oh, I do. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So my real recommendation is Nice Try Utopian. This is a new podcast this year. It is hosted oh, by... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's hosted by Avery Truffleman, who people might recognize from 99% Invisible and their spinoff of 99PI, Articles of Interest. Uh, I am sure I talked about Articles of Interest on this podcast at some point because it was exactly my shit. I think I've also Um, talked about um, season two's coming spring next year. Oh, yeah. God, I'm so fucking ready. It's so good. I love fashion so much. It was and such I a love good like series. Yeah, it's so fucking good. Um, so this is Avery Truffleman. Uh each episode goes into a different planned utopia and why it failed miserably, usually. Um my favorite episode is one that is near and dear to my heart because it takes place in Phoenix and makes fun of boomer culture, which uh, I love. Um, It is about the, it's not called the Biodome, but it is where Biodome, the very awful Polly Shore movie was filmed. Will Williams, you take that back. (laughs) Oh my God, Gavin. It is a very bad, cheesy fun movie. Yes. Anything yes. with the weasel is enjoyable to some extent. <laughs> Did not age well at all in the homophobia department. Yeah. Yeah. But so, okay. So, so the biodome is like a real fucking thing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's out here in Arizona. I've never been to it. I've always wanted to go. Um. And we fucking suck at growing trees in them. Uh, they fucking suck at everything. <laughs> so, the episode talks about. How it was planned, spoilers, poorly. (laughs) How it was maintained, spoilers, poorly. And the amount of denial people had, the people who planned it 
refused to believe it was going to fail. The extent to which is bonkers, just absurd. I don't want to spoil it, which feels weird because it's like a historical event kind of, um, but it's so worth listening to the episode. And the entire run is great. That's just one example. Um, it's phenomenal. It is meticulously put together. Again, ADD. Uh, and Avery Truffleman is incredible at what she does. She is one of the, like, not to be cheese ball phrase here, but like one of the brightest stars in, in podcasting Avery right now Truffleman in my mind. is a fucking genius. Yeah, she's just so fucking good. Like, she's so fucking good at what she does. She's a great host. She is so charismatic. She is, she has this like really interesting sharpness. Uh, not like abrasiveness, but like you can tell her mind works so goddamn quickly and that she's putting connections together like nobody's business. And like granted, it's scripted for sure. She's reading from a script. But even in the interviews, you can like hear those cogs turning. And it's so it's 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 listening to somebody do something that they are masterful at. Um, she's just so good at what she does. So that is Nice Try Utopian. Um, one of my favorites of 2019 so far. Yeah. Gavin, what's your recommendation? Okay, so this one is a, it's an improv. So Will's already turned her, her fucking brain off. We'll, we'll, <laughs> Will will be right back. It's an improv comedy <laughs> show. It's out of, I think it's like UCB theater or some shit. Basically, uh, it's the comedy version of a battle rap, but they specifically uh, have like a printout of uh, joke orders, like specific things you have to do to be able to successfully win at this insult fight. It's called standard mocking procedure. Oh, God. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> My master plan was to make Will bored. <laughs> <laughs> For a while there, I was like, did he forget to pun? <laughs> and then it got more absurd. And I was like, I was like, I can't like, is it? But is some, but are they? Because I could see this. <laughs> and then, no, I'm a goddamn fool. <laughs> you took it. I took it. You took I the took bait. it. Like some kind of. Some kind of rookie. <laughs> uh, Gavin, what's your actual recommendation? My, my first actual recommendation, and there will be recommendations that I haven't mentioned so far in the podcast, but this first one is Trans <laughs> Questioning. Oh, I guess yes. te technically the title is Trans Questioning Podcast, but it is Sarah Zadig, who is the creator of Let's Talk About Stuff on YouTube. You might have seen her video called The Politics of the McElroy Brothers, which was how I found her. It's a really good video about basically mm -hmm. the, the underlying leftist politics of McElroy stuff, which is fun to see dissected in such a way. Uh, it made me sob. Yeah, it's a really good video. Uh, her, it's so moving. Her video on Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is so fucking good. And it blows my mind that it was originally recorded as like, a, I'll just do this thing instead of a Twitter thread. And it'll be a quick video. <laughs> There's so much editing in it. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> it That's good to know. It is so well put together. Um, but yeah, uh, her podcast, Trans Questioning, she is trans uh, and she specifically makes a podcast about that experience both her personal like life journey and 
also has predominantly trans guests every other episode. Uh, she's had uh, Haley Rose from Lunar Light. She's also in Lunar Light Studios, so of course she's had Lunar Light people. Um, Marvel Charlotte. Uh, here's another ones I've listened to. I, I listened to like 10 episodes of this over the weekend. She also talked to Shannon Strucci about parasocial stuff. Um, mm. And it was a... Re- like, this podcast is really good at talking frankly about shit that needs to be talked about frankly. Um, I think it was Haley Rose's episode where they talk about um, how cis people will make it about like make fucking up around a trans person their problem yeah like oh my god uh, i'm so sorry and then like they they spiral out and then it's the 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 the, the queer person in the room's turn to be like oh it's okay okay. yeah you have have to pull that shit um Mm -hmm. it's just really fucking good and it's really refreshing to hear people just be out and themselves and it's Mm -hmm. i don't know I, i don't know how else to phrase it this podcast is good it's worth listening to um if you have a problem with S's, high pitched S's, in mm, sibilance. If you have a problem with sibilance happening a lot, I would listen to it through something with speakers that dull that a bit because it happens mm. quite a lot. Um, but I I listen to it on car stereos while I'm driving, and that makes anything sound like garbage. Um, it made. Jordan Cobb's Here Be Dragons actually painful for me at one point because of how the speaker handles high treble stuff. Mm. But this is worth listening to. I sincerely recommend it. Will, what's your second? So my second recommendation is going to be a little different from what we usually do because, I mean, well, different in one way, completely on brand in another. (laughs) Um... So we usually go for podcasts that are new or coming out right now, but today I finished my re-listen of Ars Paradoxica. Oh, here we go. Yeah. I'm going to try to not be too sappy about this show because- Oh my God, be sappy. Who gives a shit? (laughs) I've already already cried about it like three times today, (laughs) so- Try maybe to maybe be, be less happy about it if it's gonna drain you. Right, right. So, uh, Ars Paradoxica is the reason I started writing about podcasts. Um, I was on Tumblr in the audio drama like fandom, I guess, and people were talking about how much they loved the acting and the writing of a lot of audio dramas. But as somebody who had done very minimal, very rudimentary sound design at my college radio station, I just genuinely got pissed off that not enough people were talking about how great Misha Stanton's work was. So I started writing about podcasts because I wanted to talk about production and I wanted to talk about Misha Stanton. So it is, it's, it's the podcast that made me start this career. And it's, I think, the first audio drama other than Limetown. And I feel like Limetown doesn't really count because it's just such a different thing. But it's one of the, it's the first independent audio drama I ever fell in love with. Um, For the last uh, few months, 
I have been re-listening to the series and writing posts about it, doing um, a recap and some analysis. And it made me, like, obviously because I was writing notes about it and writing articles, it made me sit down and, like, really, really, really pick it apart to a degree that I hadn't before. And I appreciate it even more now than I did back then. So Ars Paradoxica is a time travel story about a modern day scientist, Dr. Sally Grissom, who accidentally invents time travel and lands herself back in October 1943. It is hands down the most well-conceived time travel story I've ever experienced. Um, I, I tracked every single timeline that I could while listening. Um, there are five major canonical timelines, (laughs) not to mention many, many, many other fragment timelines that get touched on. And again, they're all treated so meticulously and so well. The acting is amazing. The writing is phenomenal. And of course, the design is gorgeous. It is one of the early cornerstones of indie audio drama for a reason. It is why the Whisper Forge exists and now makes the Far Meridian, Caravan, and Star Tripper. All of those uh, writers came from Ars Paradoxica. Um, If you haven't listened, don't think that you missed the boat on this one. Um, If you want to know why audio drama sounds and feels like it does today, I cannot think of a better example for you to start with than Ars Paradoxica. Yeah, just because you haven't read The Shining doesn't mean it's too late to read The Shining. Exactly, exactly. Like, this is, if I were to, if I were to write a course on audio drama, Ars Paradoxica would be one of the required readings. Potentially... Potentially the first, not because of chronologically, but just to get an introduction to the medium. I I think that Ars Paradoxica is the perfect podcast for that. Gavin, what's your second recommendation? I'm trying to remember which one I signposted earlier that I was going to do, and I can't. I'm going to do a quick lightning round of shows that have pod faded (laughs) that are worth listening to. Yeah, I love that. Uh, let's see here. I'm just going to start from the top down. Um, it Seems Smart. Let's see. Was that, that the title? Yeah. It Seems Smart by Barstool Sports, which I hear there's a lot of fucking problems with Barstool Sports. Huh. But this podcast, It Seems Smart, is a show about crimes in sporting events of some sort. And this is kind of a wide net thing. Like, they talk about the the cannonball run, like, that the New York to LA race that was uh, made famous in uh, the movie with Burt Reynolds. But in 2011, I think some rich white dumbass did it for realsies <laughs> in just the most expensive, illegal way. And it, Great. he's just the biggest fucking idiot in the world and endangered so many people, but it also makes a good story. And there's just like, they talk about stuff like uh, a corked bat conspiracy that involved um, a baseball player climbing up into the tiles of a ceiling to get into a a room that was locked to steal a bat so that they wouldn't get caught. (laughs) There's just a lot of dumb criminals. (laughs) 
um, which actually reminds me of what I'm going to recommend here in a minute. So that was It Seems Smart, and I mentioned Illusion earlier. Illusion is really mm-hmm. well put together. That was one of my first, that was one of the first podcasts I was listening to when we started doing this show, I think, that got me excited about it. Uh, fuck Dateline, by the way. Just going to put that <laughs> out there. Uh, sorry, anyone who wanted to hire me at NBC, but Dateline uh, someone at NBC is just ripping the audio from episodes of Dateline, the television show. No! And is uploading them, calling them the Dateline podcast. No, 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 no. Like, it even includes the bits of the script where the person on television, a visual medium, mentions a photograph and talks about specifics in it. Oh my god. It's real bad. Yikes. Yikes, Rooney. Uh, the other thing, going lowbrow, is oh yeah, potentially coming back, but Bro, I don't know. <laughs> going lowbrow is a in, it, it, like <laughs> I think this is some of their undoing. Going lowbrow is a screwball gay comedy musical set in medieval times. It was really good. There were three episodes of it, and it took a course of half a year for those three episodes to come out. It's been yep. six months since episode three dropped. And when episode three came out, I think their whole narrative was like, ah, we're coming back. It's about time. Like, we, we <laughs> got our stuff together. So, like, again, shit happens. Don't owe anyone anything. Perhaps avoid the, we're back. It's fine now. Because you might doom yourself by saying that. Right. Um. Yeah, those are, those are three really good shows that aren't uploading anymore that are worth listening to. I want to quickly talk about a... I'm going to call this a popcorn podcast, and I mean this in a not insulting way. Like, it's not the deepest thing in the world, but it, it's not meant to be, and I like it because mm-hmm. of that. It's called mm-hmm. Dumb and Busted. It's a okay. It's a true crime show about just dumbass crime. <laughs> like, like, people who might have, they might have pulled off a really clever crime or something but they were just a, at some point they were a, a righteous dumbass and got busted or fucked themselves over and that's how we know about the crime <laughs> yeah um they're also i mean you, you learn about some really cool weird stuff there's a lot of unfortunate reality behind the dave's killer bread guy i didn't know that they're the what the guy dave of dave's killer bread has a lot of problems what what the fuck is Dave's Killer Bread? You never heard of Dave's Killer Bread? What? Uh, no. I what? It's, ah, fuck. It's like gluten free. It has a. It's a. It's a, there's a dietary thing about. It. It's like it's gluten free or it's vegan or some shit. Uh, it's a nationally distributed. Like I saw. Oh, it's this. It's that bread. Yeah, I saw Dave's Killer Bread truck in Seattle while we were there for PodCon, uh, which which surprised me got a sort of dollopy vibe to it that's kind of the humor so mm-hmm. yeah that's dumb and busted uh and i think that covers us for recommendations i think so will where can people find you on the internet people can find me on twitter at, at will w rights that's w-i-l-w underscore rights or my site uh willwilliams.reviews or a whole bunch of other places just find me on twitter that's gonna be easiest <laughs> Gavin, where can people find you on the internet? People can find me on Twitter at the Pod Report or on my website, thepodreport.com. If you want to support the show, you can find 
every episode on dialeduppodcast.wordpress.com. Or if you want to actually, like, financially throw something in the ring, you can go to patreon.com forward slash Gavin G, letter G. Uh, I have kind of folded everything I make that isn't standard docking procedure into one Patreon. And Woo-hoo. our the, the first goal is 21 bucks a month, and at that we'll be able to... Uh, get two the two episodes of T do we do a month on good months uh, transcribed <laughs> as they come up and then also do one from the backlog so once that level has been reached for a few months we'll have every episode ready to go and that'll be awesome because accessibility in podcasting is important and awesome mm-hmm. and if you don't feel like if you don't feel like or want to do that that's totally cool thanks for listening you've got all the episodes that you can want <laughs> you probably want more because i know i do uh yeah. thank you everyone for listening and thank you will for coming back yes thank you gavin and hey i'm excited to get this back on regular schedule Yay. and i have no apologies for the listeners that it wasn't <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much everyone for listening the next episode of this is probably going to be recorded on handheld stuff at pod cast movement in florida so <laughs> hell yeah there will be a lot of jimmy buff in the background for me to cut out hell yeah <laughs> bye bye